already part of a pattern for the person who has been reading from the beginning. Where I come from, replies Confucius, parents protect their children, and children, in turn, protect their parents. You might imagine stunned silence, as I do each time I reread the passage. Yet we have not arrived at the final twist of Confucius's teaching. He finishes by saying, this is the key to being upstanding. So what are we and the proud governor of Shu to make of that? Is Confucius saying that the truly decent and upstanding person overlooks a crime in order to protect a family member? That doesn't sound like much of a plan for maintaining law and order. There may be a caring message at the heart of Confucius' statement, the desire to look out for a vulnerable father who perhaps was acting out of desperation in order to feed himself or his loved ones. But it's still problematic, isn't it? Ambiguous, contradictory, even maddening. That was and is the Analects of Confucius. Yet it's also filled with priceless wisdom and deeply rewarding to explore. Our task in this course will be to make sense of this provocative text that has shaped China and vast territories beyond it for millennia. But before we endeavor to make sense of the exchange between Confucius and the governor of Shu, let's st step back to get a wide-angle view of Confucius himself and the Analects as a whole. The man known as Confucius in the West is called Kong Fuzi or Kongzi in China. He was a philosopher, teacher, civil servant, and political advisor of sorts who was apparently born around 551 before the Common Era, perhaps in Chufu in the state of Lu. Lu is now part of China's peninsular province of Shandong, which is located in the country's northeast and extends into the Yellow Sea. We have many pieces of information about Confucius's life, but almost nothing is known with certainty about that life. The sources of information that we have about him are unreliable and contradictory and seem to be a blend of fact and hagiography. What we can say with confidence is that by a century or so after his death, Confucius was revered in China as a great thinker and educator, and there was surely some good reason for that. It appears, and again these details may or may not be accurate, that Confucius lived in poverty for a period of his childhood. He developed a reverence for knowledge and self-improvement, both for its own sake and as a way of improving society, which was in a state of instability in this time. He evidently became a teacher, probably tutoring pupils individually or in small numbers at the outset, as was common in his day. Eventually, Confucius seems to have attained some kind of government post in his home state of Lu. At a certain point, however, he went into exile, perhaps when the duke he served lost political power. He traveled for some years, looking for positions as a political advisor to leaders of neighboring states, but never finding a position that lasted for any great length of time. During those travels, he was accompanied by a small band of loyal followers who continued to learn from him. Ultimately, Confucius returned to Lu, where he established an academy and taught for the remainder of his life, a period of just five years, if the sources can be believed. The best of all our sources of information on Confucius and his ideas is the Analects itself. But it presents many challenges for the historian, not to mention the average reader, in part because, as mentioned, Confucius didn't write it. In fact, we don't have anything he wrote. The Analects is a collection of ideas attributed to Confucius, compiled by his students, students of his students, and or people even more tenuously connected to him. It didn't take its present rather perplexing shape 
until a couple of centuries after his death. And as we'll discuss, recent discoveries continued to shed new light on its meaning. But for all the uncertainties relating to it, it has been so deeply revered over the centuries that it is no exaggeration to say it is a cornerstone of East Asian civilization. Its influence is alive in modern China and beyond to this day. So what is the Analects about? Well, one way to look at it is as a set of instructions. Gentle corrections and stern admonitions for students who wish to become better people. But viewed more broadly, it can be seen as a set of guiding principles for a meaningful and ethical life and for maintaining a just and peaceful society. The trouble is that, as we will discuss, it seems at first blush to have no coherence, like an unassembled jigsaw puzzle. At an academic conference that I attended in Athens, I described my plans for this course to several colleagues while we were having lunch.